The following presentation was recorded live by Voices from Jerusalem. Number 11 of the 48 ways to wisdom is Digdut Chavirim. Digdut means to cut it fine with Chavirim, with friends. Cut what fine? Wisdom. If you want to live, you've got to learn. Don't assume that you have the truth, but discuss it with people. Put it on the marketplace. The best way to get it done is with someone who is a friend. is a stranger, you're willing to discuss with him, you're friendly towards him. But the best way is a friend. A friend is someone you trust. Someone that you're not making points on. Someone that's with you. We're going to discuss it in two aspects. A is discussion. Put it on the marketplace. And the second aspect is how to do it with friends. So before... We get into that and just want to point out see, that human beings are willing to make every sacrifice that there is. They are willing to die and to suffer torture for the Irishmen, the Catholics on their hunger strike, for the PLO, for the Zambians, Rhodesian rebels and counter-rebels. All over the world, people are fighting or willing to die. Yeah? And they all think that they're right. They kill and be killed. How the heck are we ever going to put this world together? Do you see the importance of sitting down? Let's reason together. How do you know you're right? I'll join you. Yeah. You don't have to kill me. <laughs> Persuade me. Show me. That's the only way. So, Roman numeral one is learn a reason to have a discussion. So, number one is, how do you do it? It's simple. Get into an argument. We know how to get into an argument. No problem at all. Make a statement, any statement. You want to say, give back to West Bank? I say, no, let's hold on to it. Yeah, well, it's easy to get into an argument. <laughs> you know, you, you don't even have to try, right? Anything. Is life beautiful? Right. How many people for life is a wonderful thing? How many people? Right. Okay, how many people want to take up the argument? Chaim, come on. Take them all on? Yeah, <laughs> he's willing to go. <laughs> you got it? You can get into an argument on anything. No problem. But get into an argument about something important, an, an issue that, that really is concern. Can we lick violence? How many people think that we can lick violence in the cities? Or that we have to give up? Which, uh, come on, we can get into arguments about anything. Capital punishment. Homosexuality is perfectly normal. Yeah? Okay, so you'll find that you get into an argument, take note. The voices rise decibels, right? You use terms like you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a fool, and this is crazy, and that's stupid, and we know what arguments are about, right? So take note. Number two is, now turn it into a discussion. So a discussion is A, communicate. Don't proclaim, don't declaim, don't yell, don't state your position, don't demand, yeah? But communicate, which means lower your voice, and ask the fellow, give back to West Bank, why do you say that? What makes you think that homosexuality is perfectly normal? Why did you come to a conclusion that we can't lick violence? Give me your reasons. B of this is, then when a man is communicating with you, then listen, understand, what is he saying? How does he see that this is valid? Consider his opinion. Don't argue the case, yeah, but be a judge. The evidence is in. You know, you got a good point there. It's a question, but what do you do about this? And then, 
on that basis, you hear somebody's opinion, now you judge it. Does it make sense or doesn't it make sense? You give back to West Bank. Well, you need a have peace. You're going to have peace. That's true. We need peace. Okay. Don't say, no, nah, come on, there's no such thing. Eh, that's a good point. The question is, will it bring peace? What evidence do you have that it will bring peace? <laughs> and say, your indication, well, look, in Lebanon, they can't even get along with each other. Why should... <laughs> <laughs> why should they, uh, I mean, why should they live at peace with us if they have a, a Palestinian free state here? Yeah. So it's a question. And a guy, you know, he got a good question. But you got to take risks. Hey, you're right. You know, you got to take risks. What, on what basis do you take risks? I mean, you put your head on the chopping block with a maniac because you got to take risks. Or, <laughs> you know, how do you judge a risk? Okay, this is discussion. Back and forth with, I see that. I understand you. I have a problem. This is the way to deal with problems. With arguments. Does that make sense? Is that an important consideration? This is the way we can, we can communicate with each other. Alright, number three is, in order to really be good at this, you've got to accept this principle, this slogan, that men of goodwill, who will reason together, will come to a common conclusion. Goodwill means that I want to know the truth. If you show me the evidence, I'm willing to change. Yeah? Reason together is I want to consider the evidence and be a judge, not a lawyer. If we will reason together, we will come to a common conclusion. So there are times we, our common conclusion will be we don't have enough facts. From my viewpoint, from where I've attained my knowledge, this is what's right. From your viewpoint, you're right. Yeah? We just got to get more facts. And this is the way the sages respected each other. They didn't say, here are evil men because they consider... Right? They said, we understand from, <laughs> from where they're coming. They have to come to that conclusion. Now, B of this is that there really is no use arguing, debating, discussing, or searching. This is nonsense. If you're not willing to use goodwill and you don't believe in men of goodwill will come to a common conclusion, then what are you trying to persuade people? Or why are you arguing against people? It's just an exercise in futility. You're boxed into where you are, he's boxed into where he is, and that's it. There's no use arguing, there's no use discussing. Either it's reason and goodwill will, will assert in truth, yeah? or else it's giving up on any, on any forms of communication except power politics. All right, number four is... Now, this takes mastering. It's not, not that easy to remember you have goodwill and to remember, to get that set, you know, that I want the truth, I want to live in reality. It's not that easy. It's like bicycle riding. Remember, we always use that example. The first time you rode a bicycle, you could swear that it's an impossibility to master this machine, except that you see your friends doing it and you figure, look, you know, they're not geniuses. They're not, they're not. But if you never saw anybody riding a bicycle, would you undertake it? Did anybody ever try to ride a, uh, a unicycle? It looks like a suicide machine, yeah? And swear, that's impossible, yeah? But they have a camp where any kid comes there and <laughs> teach them how to ride a unicycle, you know? Once you hear that, you say, ooh, well, <laughs> listen to here, you know? Then you know it can be done. So the idea here is you've got to appreciate, you can always set yourself in goodwill. I want reality. I'm willing to be a judge, not a lawyer. Let's hear. What do you got to say? That's very important. Now you're open 
to find out what reality is about. But you'll forget yourself once in a while and you'll start arguing and yelling. Yeah? So B of this is, let's define it a little further so that you can get the drill. You first, you have to consider the next guy as real as you. He means it. He has a point of view. He's coming with some kind of evidence. There is a reason for him to think the way he's thinking. Could be the wrong reason, but you want to get to that reason. Then, nobody's telling you we will accept what he says, but at the same time, don't automatically accept and don't automatically reject, but focus. I want to understand, consider, and exchange the evidence with him. Now, see if this is, in order to have a discussion, you have to get the other guy into this. Look, you see, that's setting yourself. This is your attitude, right? Now, how do you get him to... He's arguing, he's yelling at me, yeah? So the way you do it is, just remind him. Say, look, I'm real. I want to know the truth. You want to know the truth. You think you got the evidence? I think I got the evidence. Let's compare. Set him into goodwill. You just have a hard argument, right? You owe me money. Your job was, was rotten. Yeah, and, and life. You did a terrible job on my car. Yeah? I did a terrible job on your car. You are a bum of a client. Yeah? That, now we're, we're going to swing at each other. We say, wait, look. If I made a mistake, I want to admit it. Now, if you made a mistake, do you want to admit it? Right? Okay. Let's look at the evidence. What's bothering you, son? Do you see the, the, a different climate, a different, a different way of dealing with problems, a different way of communicating? You have a good chance of even dealing with an irate customer or irate parents or even kids who are resentful. You hear that? We'll work even on kids. We have this ability. We can reason together. I don't say it's easy. I say it's worthwhile. All right, number five is... Start discussions all the time. Explore other people's opinions, other people's wisdom. Remember, it's easy to start an argument and then turn it into a discussion. Don't get discouraged. You'll fail. You'll, you'll find you'll lose two friends. They're not very good friends. After a good hot argument, you can't settle down and get it together, right? But sooner or later, you'll turn every argument into a discussion and you will learn and help people and change things and start moving, moving in life. Takes drill, takes practice. Go ahead, start it up. Right? You know somebody you're going to pick an argument with this afternoon? No. No, Al? <laughs> no? Moshe, will you pick an argument with him? Why not? Why not? <laughs> He's coming for you, Mike. Right? Put up your dudes. You just remember, men of goodwill. No. Turn them around. Let's discuss this. Yeah. And start living. Start sharing. Start moving. Looking out. Getting to where other people are. Correcting your mistakes. Number six is that in Judaism we say the most important thing to deal with are the important concepts like free will, God, wisdom, meaning. Because these count. You think there is a God? I get into an argument about somebody who says he's an atheist. What's your evidence? Why do you come to that conclusion? Let me tell you why I think that there is a God. I mean, this is important. You can't just say, well, let him go there. The important subjects are the priority. Number uh, seven is the most important concept of all, as far as Judaism is concerned, is God's instructions. 
And that's why the Jewish way is with chavrusa. To discuss. You think you understand what love means. You understand what the Gemara says. You understand. You discuss it. You put it on the marketplace. This was a Jewish tradition all the way back. And that's why Jews are known for being argumentative. Yeah? Because let's say, you say something, let's see, where do you come from? How do you know it? Questions, uh, contradictions, problems, all that you learn, everything that you learn is Torah, if it's the instructions of the Almighty, everybody who appreciates this is very important. You've got to get it straight. Number eight is that, particularly for yourself, decisions. Anytime you hear somebody who disagrees with you, somebody who says you're going to Europe, you're making a big mistake, don't say, ah, who cares? Yeah, tell me why you say so. Don't be afraid of finding out that you're making a mistake. Be anxious to find out. Number nine is that for living and for problems, so discuss amongst many people. You have a problem with your children. You have a problem with marriage. Yeah, don't go to a marriage counselor. Ask people what goes on. What, what, what happens? You know, you get in an argument with your wife. What do you say? What's the problem? I love her. She loves me. We can't communicate. Yeah. You get insights. This guy's got this insight. This guy's got that insight. Amongst many people, you will find many solutions. Number ten is that for wisdom, whenever somebody tells you a piece of wisdom, put it on the marketplace. You heard that happiness is an obligation. That people really want to be good and they make mistakes. Whatever you hear, yeah? you take note, you agree, that sounds good. Get into an argument with someone about it yeah? and turn it into a discussion. There'll be somebody who say, nonsense, happiness is not an obligation. You say, yeah, come on, tell me. Show me. I was convinced by this guy, yeah? Someone will tell you, ah, nonsense, the PLO want to be evil. Yeah, go ahead. You know, this guy was smooth talker. He, he convinced me that the PLO really want to be good people. Made sense to me. Go ahead, show me. Yeah, I, you know, how do you know they want to be evil? What makes you say so? Do, do you understand? Put it on the marketplace, show it to people, and see what their response is. Then you know that you're getting the proper stuff. You got evidence that there's a God, put it on the marketplace. Something that's real mind-boggling, put it on the marketplace. Get somebody to shoot it down. Number 11 is that whenever you notice that you, or your friends, or your relatives, or your parents, or your children, are getting aggravated, agitated, abusive, and it happens quite often, right? So then stop, focus yourself and the fellow who's getting aggravated, abusive, etc. On what? What do we focus them on? Goodwill. Is it true that if your parents agree, if they show you that what you're doing is very stupid and very foolish, that you want to stop doing it? Right, okay. Tell them that. They'll take a load off their mind. They think that you're determined to be crazy. <laughs> right? Isn't that the way we feel sometimes about our kids? They're just determined to be mad. Yeah? Well, the kids think my parents are determined to demolish me. Yeah? They will not listen to any reason whatsoever. Yeah? And that makes things very desperate. <laughs> yeah? So if you remind them, look, I mean, if I make a mistake, you show me. I, I'm willing to change. Please. I'm sure that if you, if I show you that you're making a mistake, you're willing to change. So let's get down to why do you say the way you do? So you're focused on, let's look at the evidence. Yeah. Save you a lot of grief if you remember to use it. Okay, Roman numeral two is the other aspect. You see, the other aspect is do all this with a friend. 
So, number one is, focus on this, that we all appreciate. We should not travel through life alone. Now, you can travel through Europe alone as a lock, as a test of my independence. Yeah? But permanently, alone, no good. Number two is, that if you appreciate the importance of having a friend, then don't wait for a happening. You see, most of our friends that we have during our lives, in our generation, is a happening. You happen to play tennis in the same court, and you get involved, he gets you up to, for a drink, and you, you see, you go with him to a baseball game next week, and, and then you're his good friend. Or you're assigned the same room in college, right? Do, do you realize most of our friendships are happenings, which is a mistake. A friend should not be a happening. A friend is important enough to choose one. You go for a car, you decide what do you want in a car, and you go out looking for one. So the same thing goes with a friend if you consider it for life. Well, then you've got to figure out what you want. Human beings need society. We need another human being. See, anything in this world that's great has been accomplished by teamwork. Is that right? Uh, moonshot, uh, computers, people working together. Yeah. You want greatness, you need more than your own input. <laughs> At any rate, if you buy this, then the idea is don't wait for it to be a happening because you get the wrong friends that way, yeah? But choose one. So number three is, in order to choose one, make criteria. What are your criteria? The first criteria that you should make is choose a friend for life. Don't choose a friend for tennis. You know, he plays a good game of tennis. He's available <coughs> for a tennis match, and that's why he's my friend. That's a mistake. Choose a friend for the rest of your life. You might lose interest in tennis, or tennis isn't the most important thing that you got. So then what is important? For living. What's for living? To get pleasure? Not, not, not to stroke you, to say that you're okay, Mac. Yeah. But what? To accomplish living goals, which is wisdom. So if you think in terms of full life, you know that you got to find somebody that you respect his goals for living. Number four is that you should have a definition. What is a friend, a real friend? The definition of friendship is loyalty and identity. And there's a Jewish consciousness story that you people should hear. Jewish consciousness, remember we tell you that there was a time when the Jewish people we constituted a society, and every one of our children heard certain stories like Western consciousness is, you've heard of, uh, of Little Red Riding Hood, right? Or the three pigs, yeah? And these are stories that every kid who's brought up in Western society has heard, yeah? Jewish society, there was a story that goes like this. That there was a father who uh, had a son who was very gregarious and had a lot of friends. And one day, the son was boasting to the father. He says, you know, Dad, I've counted up my friends and I've reached a hundred, a hundred friends. father said, that's fantastic. He said, you know, I've only achieved a half a friend in all my life. I worked hard at it. Yeah? And the son said, I don't understand. How can that be? Said, Come, we'll test your friends. And those were the days of the Roman Empire. In the Roman Empire, there were great law and order men. You know, if they caught a murderer or a thief, they crucified them, you know, nailed them up on the... You know, that was the Romans, yeah? And there was a very low profile for crime in those days, you know? It was, it was, but not only the thief or the murderer, but anybody who had anything to do with them. 
So the father says to the son, you want to see how good your friends are? Why don't you test them out? What do you do? You take a goat and you cut him up. The goat's blood is supposed to be something like uh, human blood. Yeah, you put him in a sack. And at night, go to your friend's home. You knock on the door and say, what are you, you know, what, in the middle of the night, what are you doing over here? And you say, look, I got into, I was in a bar and a guy got into an argument and we went into louder and he swung first and I swung second and I polished them off. And we got to get rid of the body. <laughs> Would you help me? And then you see, if a, if a guy, if a friend helps you, then you know you got a friend. It's a little dangerous to help, right? Okay, the guy says, that's a good idea. Let's see my friends. Test them. And it took about a week's time, and he went every night, and polished off, 10 at night, 12 at night. And at the end of the week, he comes back to his father, thoroughly depressed. You know, Dad, you're right. I don't have a friend. He says, Dad, what about your half a friend? Can I, can I try him out? Sure. Gives him the address. He goes to the guy's home in the middle of the night with a sack. I guess he got some new goat's meat because it must be pretty <laughs> stinky by now. But he got some new goat meat. He comes to the, fr- the half a friend's house. He knocks on the door. And the guy asks him, uh, who's there? And he says, I'm Chaim, his father. Chaim, I'm Chaim's son. Chaim's son, sure, come in. He comes in. says, what do you want? What's up? He tells him the story. I was in a bar. I was drinking a little bit. This guy was obnoxious. He started cursing me out. I banged into him. We got into an argument. Well, so what can I do for you? He says, we got to get rid of the body. The f- half a friend says to him, you know, really, I shouldn't do this. Yeah, but what can I do? You're Chaim's son. Okay, he takes him out to the backyard. They dig a grave. They bury this goat. And they cover it up. The uh, half a friend says to the son, he says, listen, he says, forget you ever met me. Never go to a bar. Don't ever argue with anyone. Stay off hard drinks, you know. And please don't ever say you had anything to do with it. You know? Out he goes. Comes back home to his father and he says, Dad, that's a half a friend. Why do you call him a half a friend? The father says, well, what did he say? He's, well, he helped me, but what did he say? He said, really, I shouldn't do this. But Yochayim's son... Oh, he said, he said, really, I shouldn't do this. That's a half a friend. That's a half a friend. So the son says to the father, did you ever hear of a real friend? And the father told him the story of a real friend. This is a Jewish consciousness story. Kids hear this, you know. And this is the story of a real friend that the father told the son. He said, I know some people who were close friends. There were two men. One lived in Rome and one lived in Syria. One time the Roman Empire was divided up into a Caesar in Rome and a Caesar in, in the Mideast, whatever it is. So they were, they were in uh, conflict and they were in war and they were worried about each other. And this fellow who lived in Rome was on a business trip to, to Syria and they accused him of being a spy. Both of these guys were very, very rich. They had a lot of business and a lot of everything and they were doing business. And he came to Syria in the wrong time and they accused this friend, the Roman Jew, they accused him of being a spy. So they brought him in front of the Syrian emperor and the emperor decided the evidence is in and take him out and kill him. So this poor fellow said, look, I'm really innocent, but I can't prove it. It's terrible. But he says, listen, I have a wife, I have a family, I'm a rich man. They don't know what happened to me. They don't know all my 
business secrets. They don't know what. Let me go home to Rome and settle my affairs and I'll come back and you'll kill me. You hear that one? Let me go to Rome and settle my affairs and I'll come back and you'll kill me. Yeah, why should my kids suffer? So they laughed at him. He said, go to Rome and come back for us to kill you. What are you, crazy? He says, well, I'll give you a guarantor. I'll give you a guarantor. That intrigued the emperor. What do you mean a guarantor? He says, I have a friend here in Syria who will stand in for me. He'll guarantee that I come back. He'll take my place. The emperor says, ah, I got to see that. This is something you got to see. What do you say? Something? This is intriguing. So they call in the fellow from Syria and they say, are you willing to sit in jail, you know, and we'll give this guy 60 days and if he come, doesn't come back, you'll be killed instead of him? The fellow says, sure, my friend, of course. No problem. Everybody says, I got to see whether this guy's going to come back or not, you know. <laughs> we got to see what happens. So they put the fellow from Syria into jail. The guy from Rome goes home takes care of his affairs, he says goodbye to his children, and they cry, and he goes off. In those days, it was sailing boats, you know, and not every time does the wind come. You know, most probably, not every time. You, you can start a voyage, and it'll take you a little longer. So he got detained the full 60 days. He comes in on the 60th day, past the hour that was set. During this time, the 60 days come up. They come into the emperor. They say the guy didn't show up. He says, yeah, well, all right, take the fella." The Syrian guy, take him and execute him. Make arrangements for a public execution, and all the people gather in the square, they take this fellow, and they're going to cut off his head. This fellow from Rome arrives just at the right time. Before the execution strikes, he runs up to the execution, he says, no, I'm I'm here, you know, it's a mistake, Uh, I'm the, I'm the spy, yeah? Well, this guy is right, yeah, you know, he came, yeah? So the executioner says, you know, you're right, okay, come on, we'll kill you. So the fellow from Syria says, wait a moment, you know, I'm the guarantor, the time is up, 60 days are up, and he's got no right, he's lost his guarantee, he got to kill me. So the guy from Rome says, you're crazy, I'm the spy, you know, and they're arguing and they're fighting it out over there, and all the public, everybody's in an uproar, and they don't know what to do, so they come to the emperor, come to the emperor and ask the emperor to... Straighten it out. To decide. I mean, you, how do you decide? You know, they come to the emperor. What does the emperor say? So the emperor listens to this guy saying, you got to kill me. And this guy saying, no, he's lost it. He didn't come on time. And he says, no, I'm the spy. And the emperor turns to them and he says, you know what? He says, I'll let you both go on one condition. You make me a third friend. And this is what the Almighty says in the Bible. Love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord your God. If you love your neighbor as yourself, make me a third friend. It's one sentence in the Bible. Is that a powerful story? Powerful. This is what a kid hears. Friendship is complete identity and loyalty. All the way. Find one. And enhance your life tremendously. That's the idea of a friend. Number five is that really you should have such a friend for discussions, for your plans, for marriage, for jobs, for goal orientation, for life, for wisdom, for meaning, for existence. 
This is where you start discussing the West Bank or homosexuality or violence or whatever it is that, that perplexes you. Such a man, where you, you have a closeness, an identity, you trust him. You know, he's on your side, you're on his side, and now you can discuss things. Number six is that if you change your plans, you see, you, you have to have the same goals to make a friend like that. Yeah? But what about if you change your plan? You find out you made a big mistake. Yeah, Make a big mistake. Friendship is loyalty. A guy comes in the yeshiva, he decides, the Almighty spoke on Sinai, you know, he got to be a religious Jew. Let's say he decides that. It's a possibility. After all, the Jewish people have been around a long time. The evidence is in. He decides it's true, yeah? And now he's got a friend in Chicago, yeah? Well, then friendship says, you call up your friend, you say, hey, they got me. Come, save me or join me. Do you see that? Show me that I'm being brainwashed or this is crazy. Yeah? Right? Or if I'm right, then friend, come with me. That's friendship. But B is, once you give loyalty, even in a mistake, even a mistake, you see, you, 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 uh, as a, as a college sophomore, you took this guy because he was a big muscle guy and it was comfortable having him around. Yeah? But once you've given loyalty, so even though 20 years later you're the head of General Motors and this guy is a panhandler, yeah, you can't just turn him off and you violate something in you. You get it? You've got to learn how to meet him at night in a bar and, home, and get him some money and try to get him a job. Yeah. So see if this is, therefore choose your friends carefully. Loyalty, we can't, we can't turn down our brother or our sister our father or mother otherwise you're not a human being you can't turn down a friend once you made it you gotta do what you can for him don't make any mistakes choose a friend for life think ahead when you're president of General Motors you want this guy to be a friend okay so now why why do we need this we already mentioned why do we need Dictuk Chavirim Number one is a very simple thing. We all make mistakes. If you don't put it on the marketplace, you go with your mistakes blissfully to purgatory. You'll die for the PLO or for the Red Brigade or for the Irish Catholics or the Protestants or <laughs> blissfully. Put it on the marketplace. Know what you're doing. Reason it out. That's the only way to find your mistakes. Number two is that, look, it should be done with friends because... It's true that if you're independent enough, you go in shopping, you go shopping. But people don't have that patience with you. A friend, he goes after you. He sees that you're making a mistake. He'll take the patience. He'll help you. You should have friends. The Torah tells us that better a two than one. Because we're all a lot more objective about our fellow man. You ball out your wife, yeah? Your friend will tell you. He balls out his wife. You'll tell him. We're much more objective. We can see the other guy's mistakes. We can't see our own. The other guy can pick you up. You can't pick yourself up. Number three is that, look, close friends is much more than just correcting mistakes. It's creative. It's a think tank. It stimulates you. You know what a think tank is? They get together and discuss ideas, and anything goes. Nobody's going to shoot you down because you said something ridiculous. Yeah? With a friend, you don't have to defend yourself. So the discussion is much more than just discuss, clarification, objective, you know, blah, blah, blah. It opens up vistas of 
of creativity. Number four is that, my friends, if we want greatness, and in Judaism we say everybody was born to the purple, all human beings were born to greatness, nobody wants to be mediocre. You want greatness, you need teamwork. You need people to help you to make it. Great projects need teamwork. Friends will help each other achieve. Really achieve. The more, the better. Now, what are we going to do about it? We say one thing, put into practice. I would say, pick five subjects that you have a decided opinion about, whether there is free will or there isn't free will, or give back to West Bank. Pick five subjects, preferably in wisdom. And come on, get into an argument. Moshe, you'll get into an argument about him? Pick your your subjects, yeah. What about free will? You want to argue about free will? Come on, Mike, enjoy yourself. He's a nice guy. Might even be a good friend. You can start a good argument. Pick a subject. Anybody will take up the cudgels. Yeah? And then remember to put it into a discussion. You know, Turn it into men of goodwill. I want the truth. You want the truth. Show me. Live a little bit. Try it out. Ride a unicycle.